0: Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. When couples pray together on a daily basis, less than 1% of those couples would end up getting a divorce. The numbers were one out of 1,156. Study done by the University of Texas, San Antonio, Christopher Eliassoff. Incredible, less than 1%. Why? Well, I would argue because they start with God. And everything on the home, it starts with God, it ends with God. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and he is the last. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Every family goes through highs and lows. The list of challenges are endless. Often it can seem as though there is no way through. But that is not what God has for you. He wants your family to thrive. He wants you to marry well and to be content in that marriage. He wants you to love your spouse as Christ loved the church and to raise your children up in the Lord. Even though God wants these things for us, it can still be difficult to know how our families can become all they are capable of being. In this sermon series, we will hear about the vision God has for our families and what it will take to experience it. Please enjoy the message. Today, though, we talk about marriage. And specifically how when you get married, you know, what you enter into isn't always what you expect on the day that you say, I do. I read an article written by a man named Rick Riley, who is a writer for Sports Illustrated Magazine. And this article that he shared of an experience that he had in a jet fighter jet plane, um, I think is a great metaphor for what many of us experience in marriage. He said this, Someday you may be invited to fly in the backseat of one of our country's most powerful fighter jets. If you get this opportunity, let me urge you with the greatest sincerity, move to Guam, change your name, fake your own death. Whatever you do, do not go. I know the U.S. Navy invited me to try it. I was thrilled. I was pumped. I was toast. I should have known when they told me my pilot would be named Chip Biff Biff. King of fighter squadron 213 at Naval Air Station Oceana, in Virginia Beach. Should have known. Whatever you're thinking, a top gun named Chip Biff King looks like triple it. He's about six feet, ten, ice blue eyes, wavy surfer hair, finger crippling handshake. The kind of man who wrestles alligators in his leisure time. If you see this man, run the other way as fast as you can. Biff was to fly me in the F-14D Tomcat, a ridiculously powerful... $60 million weapon with nearly as much thrust as weight. Not unlike Colin Montgomery for those of golf fans that are out there. I was worried about getting air sick, so the night before the flight, I asked Biff if there was something I should eat the next morning. Bananas, he said. For the potassium, I asked. No, Biff said, because they taste about the same coming up as they do going down. <laughs> the next morning, out on the tarmac, I had on my flight suit with the name sewn over the left breast. No call sign was given to me yet, but that would soon come. I carried my helmet in the crook of my arm as Biff instructed. A fighter pilot named Psycho gave me a safety briefing and then fastened me into an ejection seat, which, when employed, would egress me out of the plane at such velocity that I would immediately be knocked unconscious. As I was thinking about aborting the flight, too late, the canopy closed over me, and Biff gave the ground crew a thumbs up. In minutes, we were firing nose-up at 600 miles per hour, We leveled out, then the canopy rolled over another F-14. Those 20 minutes were the rush of my life. Unfortunately, the ride lasted 80 minutes. It was like being on a roller coaster at Six Flags Over Hell. Only without rails, we did barrel rolls, sap rows, loops, yanks, and banks. We dived, rose, dived again, sometime with a vertical velocity of 10,000 feet per minute. We chased another F-14. It chased us. We broke the speed of sound. Sea was sky, sky was sea. Flying at 200 feet, we did a 90-degree turn, 550 miles per hour, creating a G-force of 6.5, which is to say I felt as if 6.5 times my body weight was smashing against me. And I egressed the bananas. I egressed the pizza from the night before, and the lunch from before that, and I egressed a box of Milk Duds from the sixth grade. Because of the G's, I was egressing stuff that was not meant to be egressed. I went through not only one air-sick bag, but two air-sick bags. Biff said I passed out Twice. I was coated in sweat at one point as we were coming in upside down in a bank curve on a mock bombing target and the G's were flattening me like a tortilla. I was in and out of consciousness. I realized I was the first person in history to throw down twice in an air bag. I used to know cool. Cool was Elway throwing a touchdown pass. Greg Norman making a five iron bite. But now I really know cool. Cool is guys like Biff, men with a cast iron stomach and Freon nerves. I wouldn't go up there again for Bill Gates' bank account. But I'm glad Biff does every day for less pay a year than a rookie reliever makes in a homestand. A week later, when the spins finally stopped, Biff called. He said he and the fighters had the perfect call sign for me. said he'd send it on a patch on my flight suit. What is it? I asked. Two bags, he said. <laughs> you know, sometimes some, when you're on the ground, something sounds a lot better than when you actually get in the air. Because there's banks and rolls and twists and turns and ups and downs that you don't quite expect. And when you begin to experience those things, you wonder what exactly is it that you've signed up for. Often, it's quite a bit more than you expected. Probably isn't a better analogy out there than, than, this, than to say that that's very similar to marriage. That when you, at a, when you stand at an altar and there's a preacher or pastor there who asks you to say I do to each other, and you do it, you're entering into quite a bit more than you could ever expect. There's a lot of banks and turns and twists and curves and ups and downs, more than you could ever expect. Things that become a part of your story that you would have never dreamed would become a part of your story, but that's how it goes. I read this past week of a few somewhat lighthearted examples of things that spouses entered into that they didn't quite expect. One One wife said her husband snores like a locomotive, and she didn't quite see that coming when they got married. She also said that her husband has smells coming out of him that would stop a skunk in his tracks. She didn't expect that either. The husband said his wife leaves food on the dishes to the point where it's like you need a jackhammer to get the food off. And then he said she doesn't know how to fold my clothes the way my mom did. Boo-hoo. But there are these things that you have to work through. And there are these lighthearted issues that, hey, it's part of life. It's part of marriage. But then there are the other things. The ups and downs that you don't quite see that really rock you. The twists and the turns of marriage like sickness of a spouse, cancer that comes a little early, a stroke that's debilitating, arthritis, diabetes. Maybe there's internal chemical and hormonal issues that create problems for your spouse. They're just the kind of things that when you say I do, you don't expect. When you get off the ground, you don't see them coming. The death or illness of a child, the disability of a child. I read an article that said 75% of parents Um, who are married and have a child with some type of special needs, end up in a divorce because of the amount of pressure and tension that it creates for them. Separation due to job, parental health, or grandkids. Sometimes jobs take people away, and when they get married, they don't see that. They don't realize that 90 days out of the year, the other person is going to be away. Or when a, a parent gets sick, and then one of the spouses has to leave to go to another state to take care of that parent, Or there's grandkid issues, and maybe you have to bring a grandkid into your home and raise a grandchild that you didn't expect that you would have to raise. Or bad decisions of a spouse. These are the kind of things that it's hard sometimes to give grace to. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 1030 AM. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. It's when a spouse has an emotional affair or a physical affair. It's when a spouse has some kind of an addiction to a drug or alcohol or gambling or pornography. It's when a spouse has, has a tough time keeping a job or making money, there's a struggle with work ethic. There's a struggle in a marriage with you know, just issues that just can't seem to get reconciled. For whatever reason, one spouse never takes responsibility when they ought to. And these are all things that when you say I do, you just don't expect, but guess what? Every single one of us who are married or will be married or have been married realizes we all deal with this. Unfortunately, we don't talk about it enough, and we think that we're all alone. The reality is, is we're not. We all have these problems. And yeah, you know what? It puts you in a position where you feel like you got to egress some things that you wish you wouldn't have to egress. But that's the story. And guess what? It's a bit of a mystery. Because when our culture When we deal with these things, our culture tells us that we need to give up, give in, walk away. But God, he often calls us to something that's different. He calls us to go down a different path. And that's where the mystery lies in marriage. Like, it's hard to give grace. The deal with grace is this. is like, we all expect it. We all want it. But it's one of the most difficult things that we have to give to somebody else. But that's what marriage requires. And so God inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words as he would describe marriage. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Much the same as God is one, a married couple becomes one. This is a profound mystery, and it is absolutely a profound mystery. So today, what I want to talk to you about as we drill in, drill deep into Ephesians chapter five is what I would say is God's growth plan for our marriages. Like one of the healthy things for us, to, one of the healthy ways for us to um, examine where we are with our marriage to hopefully grow through our marriage and to become better as a result of it. It's like Ephesians chapter 5 is context, and it's like those pictures that we used to look at um, that had all the little dots, and as you would stare at the pictures, an image would eventually pop out. Well, that's what happened with me as I was looking at Ephesians chapter 5, and as I was looking at it and considering the context, which the thrust of the context is marriage, and in that I would see a pattern, a plan. That I think God has for our marriages some some things that we ought to consider in many of these things I'm going to share with you there's overlap but it's much like a baseball diamond if you run the bases right you're going to score and ultimately you're going to win and so Paul writes these words as we begin in Ephesians 5 he says be imitators of God God is all-knowing all-present all-powerful and so is that how we're supposed to be in our marriages all-knowing, and so we attach cameras to our spouses, put, put uh, recording devices in our cars, in their offices, so that way we see and hear everything that they do. Is that what he's talking about? No. be imitators of God has to do with the qualities and characteristics of God. That God, whenever the angels describe him, they say he's holy, holy, holy. It's the only description of God that's written and emphasized three times in a row. The challenge in marriage isn't for you to be happy. It seems as though the challenge in marriage is that God wants us all to become more holy as a result of that. And in marriage, we also see, or in God, we also see that he gave his one and only son for us. He sacrificed his son for us. That's how much he loved us. And we ought to make sacrifices and love to, love, to demonstrate our love for our spouse. And then we ought to be motivated as a result of that, motivated to do those things because of Jesus. Jesus. And God, he showed us his love for us by sacrificing his one and only son for us. And again, we come back to God because God, while three, he is one, marriage two, become one. Be imitators, therefore, of God. And so where do we start? Well, God's growth for him for your marriage is this. With home base, it's right here, the focus has to be God. You have to start with him. He's the creator of marriage. He was the designer of marriage. He brought Adam and Eve into creation, and when every. And he designed it all to begin with him. A while back, my wife and I did some premarital counseling with a couple named Matt and Sherry. We gave them a list of five or six things, and we said on this list, on this list consisted of God, kids, extended family, spouse, money, career, and we said, put this in the order that things are right now. this is right before they got married and they, actually, they already had a kid, but we said, all right, put them in the order the way that things are right now. And so they gave us this list of the way things were then. It wasn't, the right, it wasn't the right order. But then we said, okay, now ideally speaking, and we had no idea what they were gonna say. We said, ideally speaking, how should this order be of your priority list? And this was the way they put it. Kids, spouse, God, career, family. And we had to fight to get God that high. And it, wouldn't, it didn't surprise me a couple years later <clears throat> when, you know what? Matt was disappointing Sherry. Sherry was disappointing Matt. Kids were more difficult than they expected. They decided to land the plane. They said, I do. They took off. But they realized this wasn't for them. The world said, give up. Move on. Do something different. And I would come back to, and what we were saying in those sessions was, you have to make God number one. You have to start with him. If you want to end up you want to end up 50 years from now still together, you need to start with him. He's the one that designed it. He's the one that created it. If you align your life with him, you're going to have the kind of marriage that you ultimately want. Nobody says I do with the anticipation that three or four years later or ten years later they're going to get a divorce. But the way they were setting themselves up for it was they were going to end up in that kind of a place, and that's where they ended up. It's like going over to I-25 over here. You get on I-25 and you head head south on it. You can have all the best of intentions. You can drive safe, drive fast, drive slow, drive however you want. You're never getting to Fort Collins. It just doesn't work like that. If you wanna have a great marriage that's flourishing, you gotta start with God and heading in a direction with him. I love this statistic I got right here. If there was anything, this could be my entire sermon right here. When couples pray together on a daily basis, Less than 1% of those couples would end up getting a divorce. The numbers were 1 out of 1,156. study done by the University of Texas, San Antonio, Christopher Elioso. Incredible. Less than 1%. Why? Well, I would argue because they start with God. And everything on the home, it starts with God, it ends with God. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and he is the last. And Paul, he goes on. But among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. And so Paul, he's talking to you as an individual. He's saying, you, in this married couple, he said, all right, no, no sexual immorality, no impurity, no greed. You, should ought to des- you ought to desire to be holy. Be very careful in how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. So he's going after some of these negative qualities that self-destruct our lives and our marriages. But then he's also saying, but be wise. It's not just things that you need to avoid. There's also things that you need to embrace. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 AM. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. Because there are these moments that we need to seize. And we have them built into our calendar. They're called anniversaries and birthdays. And we need to make the most of those. But then there are these other opportunities that we need to take advantage of as well. It's just that moment when you have 10 minutes at the office and you can call your wife and say, hey, I was thinking about you. Or it's that moment when, you know, for whatever reason, you just have a few minutes and you know there's a big game on or something. And you say, honey, why don't you go and watch the game that I know you want to see? It's making the most of those kind of opportunities. That's what I'm saying here. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Don't make decisions based on alcohol that is leading you. Let God's Spirit, His Holy Spirit lead you. What Paul's focus is here is on you. It's on you. That when you leave God, you need to go to yourself and examine yourself. Examine yourself which the culture would say yeah start with you but it means that when it says that it means start with you from a standpoint of being happy God's not worried about your happiness that whole section of scripture was about you being holy and marriage will do that but guess what we bring all of these things into our marriage that often cause we bring issues into our marriage that cause challenges we have we can be selfish we can be greedy we can have sexual issues, or we can be drunk, or we can just not be wise. And we bring that stuff into the marriage, and we need to deal with those things. There's a man named Louis Zamperini. Anybody know who Louis Zamperini is? A a couple of you. The the book Unbroken. Incredible book. It's about his life. Highly recommend you read it. If you haven't had a chance to read it, promise you, you won't put it down. Phenomenal book. But in this book, he shares a story of being captured in World War II and sent to a Japanese prisoner of war camp. And it's there that one of his primary tormentors was a man named the bird. And the bird would come after him every chance that he got. Like literally, Louis would be walking across the middle of the courtyard, this middle of this yard, in the middle of their camp, and the bird would see him. And he would just run after him and just pound his face in, as many times as he could, known to often beat Louis Zamperini to the point of unconsciousness, sticking needles under his fingernails and things like that. Eventually, though, Louis would be rescued from this prisoner of war camp. Thank God! And then when he got home, as many men did when they got back from World War II, is they would reconnect with their wives, and shortly thereafter there was a baby that would be born that we know as the baby boomer generation. Louis's wife became pregnant just a few months after they returned. But he was having, instead of him kind of moving easily back into this new life that he had back in the States, he was suffering from what they called then was shell shock. Today, we know of it as PTSD. And so nearly every night, he had nightmares of what it was that he experienced when he was in this prisoner of war camp. He would have, specifically have nightmares of the bird trying to kill him, and he would often wake up right before he breathed his last breath. But one night in the middle of a nightmare, somehow, Louis was able to get the upper hand on the bird, and he rolled him over, and he was choking him. And as he's staring at the bird, staring the bird in, in his eyes, he could see the life ebbing away from him. And then in the middle of this dream, his wife smacks him across the face. And Louis wakes up. And he realizes the person that he's choking was not the bird, but it was his wife. And he realized then that he needed to deal with some of the issues that he had. And it was that experience that would ultimately lead Louis to give his life to Jesus Christ and become a Christian. But he brought some issues into that marriage that if he didn't deal with, literally somebody could end up dead. We all bring things into our marriage that we have to deal with, that we have to reconcile, and we need to be open to our spouses pointing those things out to us. They're not all terrible, they're not all catastrophic, but they are things that we need to deal with. This quote from uh, Marriage Today magazine said this, in order to deal with your past, you first of all have to be willing to be blatantly honest with yourself. We have a tendency to see the flaws in our spouse and associate them with how messed up their family is, or how their past was, but sometimes we are blind to our own issues. We need to honestly look at some of our less than stellar qualities and ask this question. Could I be this way because of something in my past that I haven't dealt with? We must take responsibility for our own problems. If we live blaming our parents or others on our past for our problems, we will never be set free. What is it that you've brought into your marriage that you need to deal with? And some of you have been married for years. Some of you have been married for decades. What is it that needs to be dealt with that you brought in? And if you're not married, you have a golden opportunity to start to deal with some of this stuff before you get married, and it causes great tension in, in your, um, with your family. Here's a few questions to help you identify what those things are. In order to focus on the best things, what good things do I need to cut out of my life? Ask yourself that question. When when Laura and I were married, um, we started to sort through our budget and it quickly became evident that a gym membership wouldn't be a part of our marriage, wouldn't be a part of our family. I wanted the gym membership, but when she looked at our finances, she said, I just don't see how it's gonna work. I don't think that we need it. A gym membership is a good thing. I always had a gym membership. But then I quickly realized, you know what? I think that this is something that I need to cut out. And And so I acquiesced and I said, I'm gonna cut this thing out. One of the best decisions I ever made, because the next year what we did is we 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 started training for a half a marathon, and it forced us to spend hours together. It was this incredible bonding experience. I can't wait till we get the opportunity to do it again. i um, with the little kids. We don't have that opportunity right now, but it was one of the that was one of the best things about our first year together was the fact that I didn't have a gym membership. It was a good thing, but whenever when we looked at everything and looked at our priorities, I realized I had to sacrifice the good thing for the best thing. It's like a guy I know who had a uh, recording studio in his basement. His wife and him were married for a few years. That recording studio was a place he would spend hours in playing his guitar. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.